appreciative of what the Lord is going to do here today. Praise God. Amen. We love our children and we love our young people. And we love our teachers. Praise God. Just so everybody's aware, we have we are intentionally giving our normal teachers a little bit of a break for this summer. So in case you're wondering why these are still here and the kids are back there. Uh, I don't even know how long, how many years you guys have been pouring into children's ministry and same for Brother Matt and Brother Timothy with the young people. So I want to express my appreciation to you all from the bottom of my heart. And you deserve a break. And I, and I told them I want them to engage in the ministry. I'm giving them not just like, a, you know, you don't have to do anything now. No, they, they are very important to this congregation and all that we do. So uh, this is just going to be a new break, new season, new things that, that the Lord is doing. And then they'll get back to what they were doing before. Lord willing. Amen. <clears throat> I want to read you one verse here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is quick. That doesn't mean that you get to tell the preacher he can't preach a long time. Not that kind of quick. Not like hurry up and get it over kind of quick. I felt like the Lord had given me some understanding on this verse a while back. The quick part means it will be brought to you immediately when and how and where it needs to be brought to you. We use the term quickened oftentimes and a lot of times, even the scripture says that our, our mortal bodies will be quickened. It says that our spirits are quickened. Well, that's the same as what the scripture is saying here about the word of God. It is quick. You know, you could hear something when you're a child. And then 10, 20, 30 years later, the word of God is still quick. And it can come right back to you and you hear what you heard when you were a child. Because the word of God is quick. It's immediate. It's, it's there when you need it. The word of God is quick and powerful. Quick and powerful. The word of God is powerful. Okay, you're going to make me go slow. <laughs> this is a book. It has a cover, it has a front cover, a back cover, it has binding, and it has pages inside it. Right. We call this the Bible, we call this the Word of God. And it is not just a book that goes on a shelf like every other book. 
I was, I was in a bookstore recently and just browsing, just looking at all these different titles and subjects and, and all of that. And I thought, well, you know, if I, there's a lot of history books there, but if I want to look at history, I can read the Bible. Then I moved down a little bit to current events, and I saw, well, there's a lot of current event books there, but if I want to see and read about current events, I can read the Bible. Then I got to this little, you know, dating and relationships section, and I thought, well, there's a lot of books here, but if I want to read about dating and relationships, I can read the Bible. Then I got over to the food and the cooking section, and I thought, well, there's a lot of books here about cooking and food diets and all that i thought you know what if i want to read about cooking and food and dieting i can read the bible i thought and then i got to the self-help section i thought there's a lot of books here about self-help and you need to do this and you can do that and change this about yourself and i thought you know what if i need to reflect about myself and learn about myself i can read the bible I mean, I'm just telling you, whatever you want to read about, it's in here. It's there. The Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. It means it cuts apart divides the soul and the spirit that's how sharp it is that's how powerful it is it can even separate the soul from the spirit in you and of the joints in the marrow and is a discerner this book right here can read my thoughts that's pretty crazy, isn't it? It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I could have an intention. I could have a, a thought, a plan, something I'm going to go do or wanting to do. And then I can get into the Bible and the Bible will tell me, no, you're not because you were going to do this. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, there's a lot of books on a lot of shelves. This is not just a book on a shelf. It's quick and it's powerful. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn this over to Bishop now. Let him minister as the Lord leads today. Amen. My family's from the Yakima Valley. Once they left Oklahoma. The wind started blowing there. It never stopped. For years. They referred to it as the Dust Bowl. So many people began to pack up and leave Oklahoma. A lot of them got on Route 66, headed to California. Some of them came up to Washington. My family came to Washington. 
came to the Yakima Valley. And uh, there were some diversities in the Yakima Valley. It was referred to as the Yakima Indian Nation from Union Gap, that direction. And as a young boy, I can remember comments, statements from my family that were derogatory towards the Yakima Indian. I know today the term is Native American. I'm, just stick with me. This is my little synopsis in time here. And I can remember when people begin to migrate from the country of Mexico, primarily the state of Michoacan. Probably many here maybe from Los Reyes. Maybe. And I remember one time a family member making a derogatory, a derogatory statement about a Yakima native. And I said, that's not an Indian. They're Mexican. What? See, they were well acquainted with their own prejudices, but they really couldn't define by looking at people who they were, what they were, where they were from. And this is something that we live with in humanity. How many heard about more than a thousand rockets being launched at Israel? Did you hear about that? Read about that? And then they implemented, or not, it's an automatic feature, but what they call the Iron Dome, it, they launched rockets. If you remember President Reagan, he talked about Star Wars from the aspect of rockets fighting rockets. And now we're living in the day where it's real. And so Israel launched a lot of rockets to knock those rockets out before they hit the ground. In other words, intercept them. I don't know if there is a more bitter hatred on the planet. Because this has been going on for years. It is a strife. It is, it is bitterness. It is hatred. And one says of the other, we are going to blow you off the planet. And if they can achieve the capability, that's their plan. Literally, blow them off the planet. It's tragic. It's terrible. Prejudice is a terrible thing. Strife is a terrible thing. Interesting reference in the scripture I want to read to you. Out of the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, starting at verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, Jews and Gentiles, in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. 
but now. In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are now made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That's a miracle of miracles. If there is one miracle that is greater than another miracle. If there's a miracle greater than the healing of cancer. It is breaking down the middle wall of partition between, between bitter rivals. I may have short, shared this brief story sometime here, but. In the second grade, we lived in Springfield, New Jersey on Mountain Avenue. And behind us was a residential community. How old are you in the second grade? Is that seven? Seven years old. We used to sleep out in the backyard and be woken up by the magpies and the blue jays in the trees. And, in, and we would ride our bikes around that. Mountain Avenue was too busy with traffic. So we'd go behind and there was this residential area, and we'd ride bikes, and we had friends. There was lots of kids. Well, something happened. And all of a sudden, we were at war with another family. Now, we were just kids. But they would not, they would stop us on our bikes on the sidewalk. You are not passing by this way. We were scared to death. They were just kids, too, but they were scarier kids. <clears throat> well, this had gone on long enough, and my mother, fiery little redhead, five foot two. Kids, come on. We're going up there to find out and settle this matter. We walked up to a house, and she rapped on the door, and these people came out, and we were like in a standoff. I want to know what's going on here, why these kids aren't getting along, and they're fighting... What, what happened? And somebody says, one of your kids referred to us as a Jew. Now, it's a strong Jewish community there. But we had just moved there from Yakima, Washington. We didn't even know what a Jew was. And my mother, when she heard that, she busted out laughing. I can't believe these kids don't even know what a Jew is. And then all of a sudden, everybody started laughing. And in a few moments, that wall, that tension, that strife was gone. Moments gone. Somebody had an idea. Let's all jump in the back of Phil Mercurio's pickup, my stepfather, and go to Dairy Queen and get ice cream. And so we, now, here's the part I didn't say. It caused a divide in the residential area. You know, you had to pick sides. And there were those that sided with us. 
And then there were those that sided with him. What a big divide. Well, when we went to Dairy Queen, it was just us and them. I never in all of my 63 years have forgot the feeling that I had sitting in the back of that pickup that night coming home from Dairy Queen. And here's what it was. I feel closer to these people in the back of the pickup than I do with all of my friends that sided with me. When God brings a healing to a relationship or breaks down the middle wall of partition, this is what the Holy Ghost, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, does to a people. They lose their independent cultures and take on the culture of Christ. It's a reality. It's true. Now look at the time we're living in. When all kinds of efforts are being made to, not to bring together, but to, to divide and set at variance one people with another people. So let me ask the question. We know by the scripture that it was the spirit of God that broke down the middle wall of partition and brought a unity among people. What spirit do you suppose it is in the world now seeking to divide everyone? Well, it ain't the spirit of God. It's not about right and wrong. It's not about he said, they said. It is a spirit that seeks to divide and destroy the idea of people coming together and losing of self. Where's Matthew? He's upstairs. He prayed that this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. You're too close. (laughs) And that was beautiful spirit-led prayer. And I felt the unction when he made that statement about losing self. Now, I've been on a quest for the last 48 hours. I want to go to another setting of scripture. First Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines or teachings of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Should I go back and read that portion right there? I'm hearing of all kinds of diets now. Plant this, plant that, get away from meats, leave the cows alone. Get rid of the cows, they're passing gas. <laughs> I mean, you can hear anything nowadays. And then they give you a doctrinal thesis of here, the why and all that. 
The word of God is true. It is forever settled in heaven. It is the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of men. Enough said. For every creature, verse 4, of God is good and nothing to be refused. Eat spiders if you like them. If it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. It is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. Not better doctrine. Good doctrine means right doctrine. It means the apostles doctrine. It means the doctrine of Christ. Verse 8, oh wait, verse 7. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of the, that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example, he's talking to Timothy, of believers inward in conversation and charity and spirit and faith and in purity till I come. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, that's what we're doing, and to doctrine. We shared the other night, we were talking a little bit about the latter rain movement, and it was something deemed as a spiritual movement throughout the country and probably to the world, but the call was to lay doctrine. Lay it aside. Let's just all come together in a spirit and bond of love. But that's not what the Bible instructs. Now, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. You, do you get the idea that Paul is kind of one of those adamant, dogmatic guys about doctrine? Oh, you know, that doesn't matter. Oh, there's great people. They're all... How broad can it get? How diverse can it go to people walk away? He starts his statements of communicating that there are those that have left. What did they leave? A group? A Bible study? A care group? 
They left a belief system. They, be, they left the doctrine. Now, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Study thyself to be approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman that needeth not be ashamed or in error. Thy word is truth, John 17, 17. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There is a spirit of truth. So why do we have 10,000 denominations? That all claim to preach the truth. Because there's error. There is the getting away. There is the holding on to the traditions of men rather than going back and looking at the book, looking at the apostles' teachings, the apostles' doctrines, which was recorded for us, for we can know with certainty. No, I'm walking in the truth. No, I'm walking in the truth. And there is a spirit of truth that couples itself with the teacher of truth. We call it the witness of the Holy Ghost. So I've been on this quest. We've been sharing in a Bible study about Azusa Street. Azusa, California. It doesn't just speak to a city or an address. It speaks to a time in history. Something happened. It actually didn't start there. That happened in 1906. In, in 1901 at a place in Topeka, Kansas called Stone's Folly, a woman by the name of Agnes Olson, or Osmond, something like that. Agnes Osmond. You got a better memory than me, I know. There was a teacher, Charles Parham, at Stone's Folly. He was leaving, he was going away, and he left with his students and said, They've been studying the book of Acts. When I return, I want you to tell me through your studies, what is the evidence or the sign of somebody receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost? When he returned, the question was posed and they gave the answer. They spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave to them the utterance. thought there was a man involved in that situation at that time. Maybe that was at the other location. But Agnes Osman stepped up and said, I would like for people to lay hands on me that I would receive the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. This happened January the 1st, 1901. The beginning of the 20th century. Literally. She received the Holy Ghost. She testifies that she watched 
eight or nine of her other students all received the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. Now, let's drive over to California. Word spread, things happened from there. There were things that happened down in Mississippi. Because it says, even though William Seymour lived in Louisiana, he had come from Mississippi. Now, somebody in California invites William Seymour to come. William Seymour is an African-American, blind in one eye. And he's invited to come to California. And there was some kind of a, a class setting going on. Now get this. There were prejudiced people in the church. They didn't want William Seymour. They said, you can sit outside the door, but you cannot come into the class. They say William Seymour was such a humble man, he was fine with it, hunkered outside the door and listened from the outside. Somebody that was privy to all that was going on said, we would like you to come to our house and have prayer meetings. We live at 1612 Bonnie Bray Street in Azusa, California. And so William Seymour goes over to the house and they just begin to have prayer meetings. They're praying for people. And all of a sudden people begin to receive the Holy Ghost. They said there were, there were so many people that were coming to the house. It expanded to outside. And William Seymour stood on the porch. They would gather outside in the street. You can go on Google Maps today and punch in the address. There's the house. They have preserved it. Now, get, now listen to me. The initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost that would grow to millions of people started with a small congregation of black people. People didn't know how to manage that. They didn't know how to handle that. But in time, their curiosity overrode their prejudice. They made their way to Bonnie Bray Street and people were all beginning to uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It spread among all, or many, many nations of people, including Chinese, Japanese, and the likes. And so, the diversity of this group broadened. But one of the things that is uh, often cited about that time, it lasted for a few years, about three years. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what class of life you came from. The Holy Ghost put everybody on the same common ground. The Holy Ghost still breaks down 
the middle wall of partition. People who are given to a place of spiritual communion with God will have no prejudices in their life. Unless you've received them from your parents. Behavior's the greatest teacher. Children don't get born with prejudice. But communication from family is what causes people to pick up, to take on. Let me say this to you. I miss my dad. I love my dad. He was a very intelligent man. Graduated valedictorian of his class. Fighter pilot. Third man on the F-105, Thunder Chief. He was prejudiced. <laughs> he was prejudiced towards people that weren't as smart as him. <laughs> there was a list. There was a list. And for whatever reason, I was drawn to hang around with all those on the list. I just did. I liked it. It bothered him. Man, it bothered him. And he tried to put a halt to it, and it didn't work. But, you know, this is just me thinking. My parents divorced very young. We were very young. I was five. Went through three custody suits, but I, and I stayed with my dad for three months one time. But I didn't grow up with him, and I never went and lived with him. I was never under that communication and behavior. Therefore, I never. Now, I've observed people, and I've watched and listened. They take on stuff, and sometimes it's relegated to areas. See, I, I never picked up that whole Yakima Native thing. Then I went into business with a Mexican and we started selling paletas. And I thought I was a Mexican. But then I moved to the west side and I eat so much faux thai, I think I'm Vietnamese. I'm, I'm confused. I'm sorry. They say that by my name, I'm Dutch. I don't know a Dutch person. I don't, face, I don't have a, you know, we don't go to a reunion of the Dutch people. We one time when I was on an airplane coming out of Kiev, Ukraine, and the stewardess says, schoon over. She actually says, schoon over. Do you know what that means? No, nobody's ever told me that. I've never even heard anybody pronounce it. Schoon. That means clean. Over. To be clean again. Ah, I'll take that. When you live a life with, I'm going to say it this way to be safe, minimal amount of prejudices in your life, you are a free person. You don't live in a box. You go anywhere, talk to anybody. I think you can truly be a witness of the Holy Ghost. Because there are no barriers to stop you. 
I'm a part of the Garcia family. I don't know if Adam knows it. I've been attending their reunions for years. I've ate more meals in her, his mother's backyard. I learned to drink horchata in his mother's backyard. She made it. Now, if you can discern accurately, you'll know I'm telling you the truth. This isn't a mask. This isn't a put on. This is who we are because we are free in God. Now, we read the scripture that speaks the importance of doctrine. In my quest of information and going back and looking and listening about the things, the groups, the people that came out of Azusa Street, here's what I realized. There were people that when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they let loose of tradition. And they went back into the word of God and let the word of God begin to shape their doctrine. Then there were those that seemed to, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but then they begin to look and operate and wrap the Holy Ghost inside of their tradition. And so they still have ideals and things that, well, they can't really explain it from the word of God, but it's just the way it's always been done. Okay? Not one. Many. Many various groups around the world because it affected the world more than COVID-19. It affected the world, this outpouring of the Holy Ghost and how people took it and then what they did with it. But I realized, wow, even with such a miraculous move of God and the outpouring of His Spirit, it did not validate the doctrines that they held to. Even if they looked into the Word of God and it didn't line up, that, you can go to their websites. They posted on there. Hundreds of thousands of people now involved in works that were started by one individual. Got some stuff right, but all you got to do is go back and read, and some stuff isn't right. Now, it is absolutely imperative as believers from any age that we know, that we study that we go back and analyze, that we read through the book of Acts, we read through the appalling epistles to see what it was that was the apostles' doctrine that error does not creep in. Because it has happened in many situations. I thank God for those who have gone before us. You see, there were people that came out of those meetings, those gatherings, and having received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that were, became adherents to the truth of what is termed doctrinal salvation. And they completely rely on the Word of God. 
casting all things aside. If you can't show me it here, don't tell me about it. This is also my greatest defense against the accuser of the brethren that would try to bring up my issues, my problems. Oh, that leads me to another situation. So people begin to receive the Holy Ghost. Spiritual inspiration, like we witnessed as you open in prayer, became a prevalent thing in their life. Remember how many times you read in Scripture that Jesus said, then he opened their understanding? He didn't sit down and say, let's have a class. It was a spiritual act. He opened like he removed a blindness, like he removed a curtain. Look at that. Yeah, it was there all the time. You just didn't see it, you know. Minor problem. There was a guy by the name of R.E. McAllister. He was a Canadian pastor. There was another gentleman that uh, hosted a worldwide apostolic camp meeting in Arroyo Seco, California. I don't even know where that's at. I think it's north of the Bay Area. Arroyo Seco, California. And in this camp meeting, they had invited R.E. McAllister as one of the speakers. He having received the Holy Ghost, many now, Pentecostals from all around, having received the Holy Ghost, were there. And he said, that we as pastors should, should stop baptizing in the Matthew 28, 19 formula. If we really believe what the Word of God said about the name of Jesus Christ, which we sang all morning, we would be baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ. Revelation came when that was revealed and many of them were baptized. Now, it was deemed the new issue. Amongst spirit-filled believers, have you heard? Did you hear? New issue. They're baptizing in Jesus' name. They're now looking back and reading, and it's all right there in black and white. You can read it for yourself today. That yes, Jesus commanded, and the obedience to the command, the apostles did. And how in the world could that be close to so many years to so many? But again, when people begin to commune with God in the Spirit, revelation comes, the Word of God is open. And there are many here. They were raised knowing and understanding. But that's not the case for everybody. It wasn't for me. Revelation doesn't stop at just a couple of things. As we walk in a life with communion with God, revelation continues 
the opening understanding and the opening of the scriptures to us continues, and we begin to find that the, the deep things of the Holy Ghost really do exist. You mean to tell me? Now, where are we? Where are we now? We know that was a mark in history a hundred years ago, a starting point. It didn't stop because people have been receiving the Holy Ghost around the world from then on, being baptized in Jesus' name literally by the hundreds of thousands and now millions. Where are we now? I have witnessed some who are communicating a message of, well, we need to be more accepted by the world. And they begin to become more worldly in the effort to, in their mind, for them to receive the gospel from us We've got to be more accepted by them, so let's just be a little more like them and, you know, let's get some lighting situations and smoke machines. And Anybody ever remember the discotheque? Oh, it's now clubbing. They call it clubbing. Back in the day, it was the disco. Oh, now they call it church. Careful. Is this wild? I mean, online, live? That's okay. Leave it. <laughs> and what's interesting is they are gaining followers. But on the flip side, I see another group. Those who are calling for the apostolic principles of God. That which was true from the beginning. We want to be like the original church. We want to go back to the book of Acts. We want to see his hand manifested in our lives. We want to walk in the spirit. And so there is a great divide. How do we go? How do we know? We go back to the book. It's never changed. He's never changed. And the spirit of truth will tent upon your life. When you are hungry, seeking for God. You think you want to be led by the Spirit? Tell me how much God wants to lead you by His Spirit. That you may become the sons of God. You see, there's a trade-off. Those who go out from us, according to the word of God, were not of us. Whatever that means. But I have witnessed stepping away from apostolic roots, apostles' doctrine roots, to become more favorable to, I don't know what, the tattoo artist? You know, how many piercings can you get in your body? I, I don't understand. 
moving in a direction. I'm telling you, there's a trade-off. There was a guy. I watched a special by some news people. There was a guy that they were following. He had become the uh, primary speaker among what's called the charismatic community. I don't remember his name. But he, he was moving in the spirit realm. And spirit's tangible. Except without running it through the filter of the word of God, it's hard to understand sometimes which spirit it is that is so tangible. It is tangible. You can feel it. You can feel the power. And it was on him. And then all these strange things began to happen where he was ministering. And his ministry kept moving sideways. And all these leaders that were propping him up with a lot of wealth, a lot of money, they began to get scared. He was off the rails. And they began to get scared until... One of them said, we can't let this continue. We're going to call him out. Showed up at one of his meetings and stepped up, called him out for the things that he was saying and doing and said, this is not of God. The very people that were propping him up. That's the problem with not having the doctrine. Good doctrine. The apostles doctrine. The doctrine of Christ. Continue thou in the doctrine. The doctrine that will save you and them that hear you. Now, let me get to the end of this guy. There was a Chinese uh, journalist. And she wanted to go and interview this guy because she had seen the before. She went and interviewed him. Video interview. And you wouldn't believe what you were looking at. But he was full-blown devil worshiper. Full-blown. Listened to acid rock all day long to get inspiration for his teaching. You know, I used to play soft rock. Well, you know, Alice Cooper, Jethro Tull, Three Dog Night. And I remember the experience of the anointing come upon me. You know, my mother received the Holy Ghost out in White Swan when she was 16. And I was playing at a dance with our band. And she said to me, pull me aside. She said, Larry, you don't need to sing that loud. Now, I heard the word she used, but I discerned later what she meant. I'm uncomfortable with what I'm feeling when you're singing that way. Oh, I knew. Well, I mean, I, no, I didn't know. I knew later. It was an anointing. It was not God's anointing. It was a devilish, spiritual anointing that had a purpose. And all I was was the transmission piece. Continue thou. In the doctrine. 
Continue thou in the doctrine. Study to show yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Know why it is that you believe what you believe, what you stand in, what you... Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to get ready to do a couple of baptisms here in a bit. Before we transition into that, I'm just going to invite you to pray. Let your spirit respond to what we've heard and received today. Jesus, Lord, my spirit is open to you. Lord, I want my mind to be open to you. I want my spirit, God, to be a place where you would dwell, a place where your spirit would rest and abide. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I surrender myself to you. Help me come to the end of myself, Lord, to the end of my thoughts, Lord, to the end of what I've been trained, God, and how I've been raised, Lord, and I want to start living from this day forward, Jesus, as a true Christian, someone, God, whose life is devoted to you, someone whose mind, God, is led by you, someone whose day is orchestrated by you. I surrender myself to you right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, I surrender myself to you. God, I open myself to you, my spirit, God. I trust you with it, Lord. I trust you with it. God, I trust you with it. Come on, if you want to pray in the front, this altar's open. But I'm encouraging you, tap into what the Lord is doing here. Come on, this is an opportunity for you to respond and let the Lord come into that heart. Let the Lord come into your mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we surrender all to you right now. Lord, I give you my thoughts, Jesus. You've brought me this far, Lord God. You've brought me this far, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm going to continue to lean on you. I'm going to continue to wait on you for wisdom, for understanding, for direction, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord right now. Come on, let it be an expression. Let it be an expression of what's going on inside, of what you've heard, what you've received today inside. Let, it, let that be an expression that comes out of you in the name of Jesus.
Come on, let the Spirit of truth lead you for a little bit. Let the Spirit of truth lead you for a little bit. Lord, I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to walk in your ways, oh God. Come on, if you need to do some repenting of prejudice that's gone on inside of you, get it out before the Lord. Come on, get it out before the Lord. He's here to clean you today. He's here to wash you today. He's going to make you a new creature today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want the love of God to be shining through me. I want the love of God to be shining, Lord, to be speaking through me, to be reaching to others through me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to walk as a new creature. I want to live, God, as a new man. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, help me to see others, God, the way you see them. Help me to love others the way that you love them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 so good I wonder if we can give the Lord some praise right now come on just just let it flow out of your being to the Lord you are so good Jesus you are so good Jesus Lord I praise you Lord you're worthy of my praise you're worthy of my praise hallelujah come on let it flow from a sincere heart today let it flow from a sincere place inside of you Jesus, you alone are worthy of all praise. God, you're the lover of every person. You're the giver of every good gift. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you've created the world and all that's in it. Lord, it all hangs on your word. Hallelujah. We praise you today, Jesus. We praise you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Yes, my Lord. Yes, my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother and Sister Escobar, if you want to help Brother Dean and Sister Medea get ready to be baptized, they're going to be baptized here. Amen. While we're getting ready for that, while we're getting ready for that, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask if we can get Brother Kyle and Sister Isabel down here. I want to pray for you.